Get ready for adventures on the high seas of Galarian. This is the Called Shot Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Called Shot Podcast. I'm Wes. I'm the GM for the Skull and Shackles campaign we are going to be running. It is an adventure path from Paizo. These are our episode zeros. We're going to be introducing both players and characters. We'll have short little vignettes to kind of give you a little bit of a background for each of the characters. Please check us out on our social media, Twitter, at Called Shot Pod. Email the called shot podcast at gmail.com or our website calledshotpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Here's Fane, John, and Sebastian. Hello, this is Wes with the Called Shot Podcasts. Right now we are doing our episode zeros, and today we have Matt. Hey. So, Matt, who are you? What do you do? I am Matt Brewer, and I am a registered nurse in the mental health field. So what got you into gaming, Matt? I, my brother, who's a couple of years older than I am, he's, uh, when he was about 12, he was given the red box for basic Dungeons and Dragons. And me being the only victim available, we brought me into it. <laughs> so I've been playing since I've been about eight years old. Wow. So, uh, so a while now. Many, then. many moons. So let's see if I can do the math right. You've been playing for about 80 years. Uh, 78 years. <laughs> so uh, we are actually doing the Skull and Shackles Adventure Path from Paizo. Uh, what is the name of the character you're playing? Fane. Fane. What is Fane? Class, race, all that fun stuff. Fane is a half-elf bard archetype sound striker. That sounds like a lot of fun. What, what, uh, what's different about the sound striker over the normal bard? Uh, the sound striker drops suggestion at 6th level, and they also drop, I believe, fascinate at 3rd level, and they replace it with an offensive ability. Uh, at 3rd level, it's kind of minor. It does more damage to inanimate objects based off of charisma and a little bit of damage. But at 6th level, you replace Suggestion with the ability to do 4d6 points of damage at range, 30 feet. And it's a range touch attack that can be blunt slash, you know, any kind of uh, physical type of damage. Uh, and then for every four levels, you can use an additional bard uh performance ability to do a secondary word so at eighth level there's two words 12 three, three words and each word does 4d6 points of damage holy plus smokes. charisma yeah so you're doing a ridiculous amount of damage with just your words true so Sound uh, striker but there's a role it's a range touch attack so there's a little bit of a chance to miss right uh, but yeah instead of doing suggestion it's more of an offensive ability very cool very very cool so instead of uh the words can't hurt me in your case words yeah. absolutely neener neener will kill you so where are you from absalom absalom what can you tell me about absalom real quick rundown absalom is an ancient city that's been attacked over the centuries and never been taken over and it holds the white grotto which is a bard college where he oh. was uh raised and is now a journeyman student out to see the world and create his first masterpiece to graduate. So you're still technically a student of the college while you're out adventuring. Correct. So that is why you're in Port Peril? Yes. And Port Peril, for you guys listening, that's our starting area where everybody has to be. And uh, our final episode zero will take place with all the characters in Port Peril and really set up the rest of the story. So you're in Port Peril trying to write a story, uh, just kind of wandering around town, enjoying the sight sort of deal for you? Yeah. Uh, Fane is a very naive, uh, he believes everybody's good, uh, has, he's lived a charmed life. And essentially he's looking to write his version of the Pirates of Penzance. So he's going out to Fort Peril, Port Peril, excuse me, okay. to basically watch pirates become part of the pirate lifestyle to get more of an understanding so he can write his play perfectly. Oh, so he's going for the uh, whole uh, uh, actually doing it in order to uh, actually experience it in order to write a better show. Correct. He's Excellent. there's an acting type for that. I don't know what's called. It's uh, you know you live the life and then you mm. become that and you write it. But he believes that he's going to go out to Port Peril, meet the, these pirates, and everything's going to go great. I mean, every, sure. everybody so far has been wonderful to him. He was, right. He's from Absalom. His family's great. He's got brothers and sisters. His life is perfect. And he's expecting the piracy life to be just the same thing. Pirates are fun, right? They're sure. fun-loving, singing songs, yeah. dancing. He's seen the plays. Swabbing the deck. Yeah, the little the little puppets on the screen, and sure. they're like swinging their swords. But nobody, there's never blood. But, but nobody ever really gets yeah. hurt, right? Right. So Fane is in for a rude awakening? Well. You think? In reality, sure. Probably? Yes. Yeah. 
So I think what we'd like to do next is uh, a little intro for your character. Maybe roll a few dice. Uh, we'll make up some numbers. Just something to introduce your character. And the whole goal that I gave all of our players is they have to wind up at the Formidably Made in Port Peril. And that's where our first episode zero with everybody together is going to take place. Is that Forbid- Formidably made? made? Is that yeah. a bar? It's the name of a bar. Bar. Okay. Right. All right. And that's where you all... Sounds like a great place to start. A lot of really good fun stuff happens yeah? there. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we are starting you. You're walking around Port Peril. And a small group of, let's call them teen, young teenagers, like uh, preteens, the 10 to 12-year-old range, they're actually putting on a play. Ooh. Uh, it's a play written by Shaughnessy O'Patrick. It's being performed by the local children. All right. It is uh, centered around a shipwrecked pirate who's uh, led home by fantastic creatures, kind of a, uh, a Homer Odyssey type of trek, but it's singing and dancing and a lot of fun for the kids to perform. Sounds perfect. I'll go and uh, I'll go watch. Go Fantastic. Listen. It's free for anybody who wants to come in and watch. Excellent. So the kids are on stage performing their butts off. Just uh, you're enjoying it. I, I, I critique it a little bit, but I'm sure not out loud have. in my yeah. mind. Uh, but Shaughnessy O'Patrick, well-known artist. Everybody knows him. Uh, a huge following all across the land. So I've heard of him. I know oh, his, yeah. I know his work. Uh, okay. He was actually a major uh, major study for you at the college. All right. Uh, he's probably actually a little bit of your inspiration for writing this play. Okay. Sounds so, great. Uh, while the kids are performing on stage, uh, there are family members all around who are just thoroughly enjoying it. Lots of, uh, lots of moms and dads in the audience, a couple grandmas, a couple grandpas. They're loving every second of it. But about halfway through the first act, a couple of the local drunks come up into the areas and they're walking down the aisles and they're just swaggering around and they're looking at the kids going, hey, you guys suck. You can't see. That's not a real pirate. And then they take rotten fruit out of uh, various pockets on them and start throwing rotten fruit at the kids. Oh, man. What is Fang going to do? How do the kids react? Are they going through it? Are they stopping and crying? Oh, uh, any. let's see. Uh, The couple of kids get hit, and yeah, they're on their knees, bawling their eyes out because it was two girls that got hit. Like the two cutest, prettiest girls. One of them was the ingenue for the show, and she gets nailed right upside the head of her, like after this hours of work on her hair, and now it's ruined. So has it stopped the show? Oh, yeah, basically stopped okay. the show. There's a couple of parents who are just giving them the obli, but these guys are armed. They have a couple of daggers on them. They're well-known local drunks. Not many people really want to mess with them. They just hope they go away. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I get up and walk over to them. Hey, guys, these guys, these kids are trying to put on a play. Just relax and let them do their thing. They're young. They have to learn how to do things. No, no. And they just keep saying that over and over and something about how uh, the kids just don't understand what being a real pirate is. And if they get an option, they'll show those kids what real pirates do and they're going to drag them onto a ship. I mean, it's just awful things they're saying that I can't repeat on the air. Well, I'm going to look at it over to the kids at the stage and I just kind of wink at them and say, go ahead, you know, finish your show. You're doing one, a good job. And one just big sniff kind of like holds back some tears and gets back up and he just starts singing. And I turn towards the two rabble-rousers. Yep, there's two of them. And I would attempt to fascinate them. Okay. To try to draw their attention to me rather than the stage. All right. So this is the part where we would actually roll dice. Uh, hey, Adam, you over there. Will you roll a d20 for me? Do we have a d20? <laughs> uh, roll 3d6 and add two. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. 50. 15? Fantastic. I'm magical. <laughs> What's through, through the magic of sight. All right. Uh, oh God. We're, we're starting this off great. All right, so you roll a 15, which easily fascinates these guys. Whatever resistance they're going to have against it, they're not going to have it. And all, I'm just talking to them soothingly. Sure. All I want to do is draw their attention to me and let them finish their play. Okay. So what does fascinate exactly do um, rule-wise? Rule-wise, it... it does just that. If if it's non-combat, you can't do it in combat because if there's brandished weapons or if they've been a hit or anything like, if there's even combat around, if they see combat, mm-hmm. it's impossible to do. But if it's a non-combat situation, you can use your bardic performance to try to basically draw dull their senses, and yeah. all they do is stare at you and listen to your voice. And so, what I would be doing is just trying to soothe them, calm them, keep them eyes on me, so the kids could finish their performance. And it, once it, once okay. it's a, it's a, they do get a saving throw, uh, based on my performance. All right. 
rolling a 15, I've got plus 9 to my performance. Sure. So they they would have to have a will save DC 24. Yeah, there's they can't even make it. No way. They're no drunk. Way. They get yeah. minuses. Yeah. So I, no I just I keep them in my thrall, just sit down with them to ask them questions about the piracy life and what exactly <laughs> what they would, what, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I've pulled my book out of my backpack. Right. And I'm jotting down notes about what they did yesterday okay. and what, so, all, what all there is to do in this, uh, the piratical area here. Excellent. So they're going to answer most of your questions because everybody loves to talk about themselves, sure. right? Yeah. yeah. So those guys are going to do exactly that. How long does Fascinate last? I would have to look that up. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. It doesn't take bardic performance. It takes inspiring courage. Bardic performance uses X amount per day. This is just based off of performance skill. Okay. So as long as I continue. So as long as you're kind talking. Kind of concentration, I says. Okay. Know? So as yeah. long as you're talking to them and you don't actually try to stab them in the throat. Right. Fascinate's going to last. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, okay. tell, me what, tell me what it is really like to be a, a, a pirate. Where, you know. What have you been doing on your ship, and how do you how do you what do you, what sets you aside from other people that makes you a pirate? All right, so they're just like I, and they're answering all your questions very slurred. So you're probably writing that into your play sure, about yes, all the slurring and drinking. And then, uh, but they're on a random pirate ship. Um, let's call it the uh, the Knuckle Bones oh, knuckle from bones. the uh, from they they just landed in Port Peril a few days ago. And Cannon. Just, uh, it's a good thing we're recording, <laughs> yeah, because I'd forget it otherwise. Right. Uh, <laughs> So they're on the knuckle bones out in the middle of uh, Port Peril. They just landed a few days ago, and they're going to be leaving again in a few days. And they love you all right, so much uh, that uh, one of them just puts a big arm around your shoulder, and they go, hey, man, you just you, we're going to buy you one drink, but you got to follow us to this bar. Oh, no, it's on me. I'm learning from what? you. I will buy what? you both drinks. Oh man! Let's go to the bar, and I kind of look over the kids and wink at them, and we walk. Yeah. You know, so it's the to... end of Act One that you finally uh, get up and actually are able to talk to them. The kids are loving you. I clap uh, as I as we're walking sure. off. You know, bravo, good job, mother, dad. They both come up and they shake your hand because they kind of see what's going on. They're like, give you the thumbs up. They're very, very, very happy to see you. And throw and a the, flash of smile. And the two drunks they lead you. And guess which bar they're going to bring you to? Uh, I don't remember the name of it. Formidably made. Formidably yep. made. And as you walk up to the Formidably Made, which is actually a well-known bar in Port Peril, it's uh, pretty close to the docks, it's well-frequented by all of the pirates. A lot of pirates here. Lots of people are going to show up there. It's in the middle of the day, though. Okay. So it's actually kind of empty on the inside. Um, but unfortunate. as you walk up, you see a small gnome with, uh, and he's blind. He's got uh, like a two barrels and a plank of wood strung over the top of him, and he's got three cards kind of bent, placed in front of oh, him. Oh, like, like the, okay, he's yeah, in the card game. He's games. playing three card money. All right, and uh, there's another human there playing the game with him, and seems to be deeply enthralled in everything that the gnome is doing at that moment. Okay, do you want to interact with them at all? Well, as we're passing by, looked at the two other fellows that were walking with me. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've never seen this game before. What is this? Uh, you're gonna love it, but we'll show you. We'll show you when we get into the bar. Well, can I play? Do you mind if I just one hand? Oh, one you hand? don't interrupt the man when the man's playing the game. Okay, I just kind of pause for a moment, look at it. Um, I can't really do anything else besides keep the fascination going. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would try to do uh, spell song. Sure. And use my oratory <laughs> to cover up the fact that I was detecting magic. All right. We'll say that the Fascinate has uh, it's done even more than what just a magical effect it is. Now they really think you're Truly their friends, friend. friends with yeah, me. you offered to buy them a drink as yeah, well. Absolutely. So they're not going to leave you. Okay. Uh, the human, he just slams his hand on the table and says, you're a cheat. Storms off. And the gnome just looks up at you and goes, hey, man, turn a silver into a gold. Just all you got to do is find the lovely queen. And he starts mixing up the cards, shows you the queen. Flips the cards through again, shows the queen again. All you got to do is just follow the queen. Follow the queen. Silver, turn into a gold. What? This sounds pretty interesting. I'm going to step up. Guys, just give me... I would like to play one hand. He left. You know, it's my turn. I've never seen this before. I've got to write this into my book. And I look over the gnome, and using spell song, I can use oratory to... Or any kind of performance to mask the fact that I'm casting a spell. Okay. So I do a perform check. All right. And I roll a 20, add my perform, and he will have to do a, uh, I think, a sense motive or uh, perception to realize I'm casting a spell with the oratory. Okay. So I come up to him, and using oratory, uh, just kind of throw it a whole big bunch of 
bullshit, you know, not knowing really what I'm talking about <laughs> and saying, you know, I'm the best card player that's ever been. I'm here to see, you know, see, right. see exactly how, what's played like here in Port mm-hmm. Peril. Um, and I want to detect magic to see whether or not he is using magic to gnomes known for their uh, illusionary sure. abilities. I want to make sure he's not kind of patting the deck a little bit. Okay. So what was the spell you're casting? Detect magic. Detect magic. Yes. You detect no magic. No magic. Mm-mm. So he's just a sly little bastard. Right. All right. So, all right. I'll pull out a silver. I'll try okay. it once. All right. So he's he just goes, I smell silver. Put it on the table. And as soon as you do, he immediately slides it off the table and he throws a gold piece up. And he says, if you can find the queen, you get the gold. Okay. You understand? That's... Out of these three cards, there's a queen yep. turned upside down. Mm-hmm. Yes. All yeah. right. And he starts shuffling cards. And he's shuffling the cards through. And uh, he says, all right, which one is the queen? Can I make a perception to see whether or not he pocketed, uh, palmed the card? I mean, of course he's going to palm the card. And the roll is 12. I think I got like a two perception, so 16. Okay. So you got a 16 on the perception? Yes. Go ahead and uh, now I'm going to do a roll. Oh, yeah. There goes my silver piece. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so even if he did, you would never be able right. to tell. All right, so I just, uh, I'll pick the middle card. Middle card, and he flips it over, and oh, look, it's the queen. Whoa. You, I know you're shocked. I'm amazed. Absolutely. I grabbed my like, gold. Wow, you got the uh, you got the gold. Tell you what, old man, you let me turn that gold into five gold, just leave it here on the table. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll press my luck a little bit. Excellent. That's, Go ahead, know. put the gold on the table. I set the gold down. And he makes the gold disappear and he puts the five gold back up on the table and he goes all right and he shuffles the cards again i'm keeping an eye on his hands oh yeah always i don't want to try to go ahead and roll your perception perception dang dude nine nine (laughs) eleven let's see what he does how well of a check he does i don't i think his base skill is going to beat your ass what no yeah he's got you so he pocketed it He, he palmed it again as you can't tell. All right, I'm going to go for the middle again. Middle again. It is not the queen this time. Oh, he goes, oh my. So I flipped well, the other two over before sure. he... Uh, he. I'm sure he's going to try and stop you yeah. long before you get a chance. I'll, I'll try. I tip so to do that. So he flips the middle card over. It's not the queen. He immediately begins to scoop them up. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And you try to stop him. He yeah, goes, I, I, oh, you want to I see the queen? Tap his hand. Sure, I, sure. Hey, let me flip the cards over and see which one's the queen. Okay, so... He, He's already made his move. Okay. So he's got a chance to swap right. him out. All, all right. right. So uh, let's do a sleight of hand roll for him. Oh. Well, okay. we, did, we did a pause for uh, Beer Foul. Right. Beer Foul. <laughs> uh, so now we're back into it. And you are trying. So the gnome, I mean, he just immediately makes his move. And you try to stop him. So the first thing I need you to do is uh, uh, make a touch attack. Melee touch attack. Melee touch attack. Yep. Just to see if you can grab his face. I can't see that. Was that 30? Uh, you rolled a 10. Uh, that's it. Uh, yeah. Without decks, it's nothing. Right. Um, and then, so that's all you needed was a 10 oh. in order to make the touch. Cause he's blind. Blind, no, uh, yeah. So he's flat-footed. and uh, Sure. All of the above. <laughs> 50% mischance. That's right. Uh, so you're able to grab his hands. Yes. And as soon as you do, he makes his move. Now do your perception roll. Perception. 10. You rolled a 10? Total, yeah, total his, 10. His uh, sleight of hand skill far exceeds what that would allow. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't even need to make a roll. He, he's just going to take a <laughs> His one. plus is more than that. He's going to take a one right. and still get you way beat. Okay. Uh, so without even realizing what uh, has happened, you flip both of them over, and there's the Queen of Hearts right there in front of you. That was amazing. And that's how I play the game. Thank you for playing. If you have any friends, please bring them around any other time. So I just lost the silver piece. That's all you lost. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's not that's bad. It. I stop, kind of jot a few notes down. Sure. Blind gnomes doing three three card Mary or whatever it's called. Yeah, three card money. Three card money. Yep. And, and uh, the two drunk friends, they both grab you by the shoulders and go, "Hey, why don't you bring these winnings inside and we can play some more?" Well, I lost, but I'm happy to come in. You well, lost? I did. I lost myself. I had piece. no idea. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> Is the gnome still there? Uh, yeah, he's still yeah. there. He's looking for his next victim. I just wink at him, and he. Winks back. Ah, that's what I thought. Yes, he does. <laughs> uh, and so you just grab the door and you walk on in. And there is where we're going to fade to black. Today we are introducing John Ollie, who is played by Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, how's it going, Wes? Going great today. So, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, clearly, my name is Adam, Adam Sims. Uh, been working in IT now for a couple of years, about six, seven years. Been gaming for about the same amount of time. Um, I actually learned how to game with some guys that I met through IT. 
So, oh, cool. So you met some work friends and they got you into uh, role playing games. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Very nice. Do you uh, do you do you play other games besides role playing? Yeah, I play a lot of video games, um, oh, yeah. PC and PlayStation Four. So kind of all over the board. A lot of nice. RPGs and stuff like that. So role playing in video games instead of just on the table. Uh, which do you prefer, pen and paper role playing games or Dark Souls Three? <laughs> That's a really hard decision. <laughs> I actually have played a Dark Souls three uh, board game, so that was pretty cool combination of the two. What? Yeah, yeah, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah. So we are introducing John Ollie today, right? Yes. Excellent. What can you tell me about Mister John Ollie? So John Ollie uh, grew up in uh, Hamlet's Thorpe. Is that correct? Kurdax uh, Thorpe. Kurdax Thorpe. I don't yep. know why. It is a hamlet. It is a hamlet. Yes. Uh, and it's right outside of Port Peril. It's about a six-hour journey to Port mm-hmm. Peril. Uh, he's a half-elf, and he's going to be playing a swashbuckler. Half-elf swashbuckler? Yes. So I don't know a lot about uh, the swashbuckler class. What can you tell me about him? So the swashbuckler is essentially a, a combination class between a fighter and gunslinger. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's pretty neat because uh, Gunslinger gets the grit points, so mm-hmm. you can use it to kind of do daring feats. Uh, right. Swashbuckler is the same, except they use panache. Oh. So you can do some pretty neat stuff with it. Um, what's really cool about it is that a lot of it is outside of combat, which I think is kind of a nice little flair to it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so I get an ability called, or it's actually in a deed. Uh, swashbucklers get deeds that they can perform mm-hmm. using panache points. And so I get a deed called Daring Do, and it allows me to add 1d6 to like a, a climb check or a swim check or an acrobatics check. Oh, nice. Yeah, and as long as I roll a six, I can actually add another 1d6. Oh, really? So and, it's like the exploding dice Yeah, roll? it is. Uh, and it continues to do that as long as I continue to do sixes up until uh, my charisma modifier, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Okay. So I can do it up to three times. So you can have a max of 18 added to your d20 roll, yes. then your skill and all that. So you can have like yeah. a 50 right. at level one. Exactly. What's cool, it's kind of neat though. I wouldn't say it's cool. Uh, it makes it a little confusing. I have to declare that I'm going to do that before I tell you what I rolled. So okay. if I roll a d20 and i roll really low i can say oh well i'm gonna do you know this deed and then i get to add it and then i tell you so that i don't really know if i fail or succeed until i tell you okay so gotcha so but you get to see your dice roll first exactly and add your pen yes that's pretty that's pretty nice yeah i think so all right so is there uh anything else about the swashbuckler that we need to know um, not anything in particular, I wouldn't say. Nothing just quite yet. It is very interesting for me because I'm going to be playing a character that's not heavy in strength. I normally play, right. as you know, I normally yeah. play <laughs> something that does power attack, cleave, right. great cleave, you right. know, and just smash things. Uh, the swashbuckler is not so much like that. Eventually, I can sort of change my dex modifier in for my strength modifier, so I will be doing heavier damage. Oh, oh yeah, But that's yeah. not for a few levels. Okay. So for the first few levels, I'm going to be doing a lot less damage than I'm used to, and Kind of playing with something a little bit new. You get some really cool uh, outside of combat abilities. Yeah, yeah. So you get to try maybe a different uh, different part of the game. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I'm not the big dumb brute that just kills things. <laughs> right. So, uh, so what is your intelligence? Uh, my intelligence is actually just ten, so it's, it's just 10, average. So you're average. Yeah, okay. but my charisma is sixteen, and my dexterity is sixteen. Okay, so you're you're a very dexterous, good looking old man. Sure. Well, young. I, I'm young. young. How how old is John Ollie? Uh, John Ollie's gonna be nineteen. Our next part, we're actually gonna go into a small RP session. Okay. You got your D twenty ready? I do. All right. So we're gonna open up the scene. You are working at your bakery. Yes. In Kurdex Thorpe. In Kurdex Thorpe. Yep. Uh, do you have a name for the owner of the bakery yet? I haven't come up with one. Oh, I kind let's of assume right now. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. What you got? Jer. Spell that real quick. J E R. J E R. So Jer the baker. Yeah. You've been working for him what for the last six years or so? Uh, yeah, six seven years ish. Okay. It's probably in that like six and a half seven, gotcha. almost seven. So you're really familiar with the area and stuff. Mm-hmm. The people uh, actually know you by name when they come in to buy their bread. Yeah. So uh, you have one of your regulars come in. His name is going to be Bob, because I'm really inventive with names this time. <laughs> uh, so Bob the Lumberjack walks in, and he goes, Hey, hey, John Ollie, how you doing, mate? Hey, doing pretty good, Bob. Ollie, are you by chance related to that Joe Ollie the pirate? Uh, I don't think he'd claim me. You know, oh. maybe second cousin, third cousin, second or twice removed, something like that. Maybe, you know, not too sure. You don't know. Okay, that's fine. Uh, he, uh, and he's just as baffled by the answer. He just, I just smile no, and nod. Because yeah, anything to confuse the guy, it, it doesn't take a lot to confuse Bob. Yeah. Poor Bob. Uh, but he's like, uh, well, I don't know if you care about it or, any, or anything, but he's back into Port Peril. His uh, ship just landed a, a day or two ago. So you're saying Joe is in Port Peril? Yeah, Joe's back. Well, I don't know Joe, but, you know, maybe we'll go see Joe. 
Oh, well, I mean, that's like I said. If, if you're related to him, you may want to go see him. But uh, something weird kind of happened. Oh, yeah? What's that, Bob? Uh, well, uh, he got thrown into debtor's prison. Really? Mm-hmm. Into debtor's prison? For 10 gold. Just 10 gold? Can you believe that? Uh, well, you know, he is a pirate. There's no telling what that boy's been up to. Yeah, well, you would think a pirate on the pirate council would be able to afford 10 gold and not be thrown into debtor's prison. Yeah, you would think so. He must have done something pretty extravagant there. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Anyway, uh, can I have my normal order that I normally get? You know now that Joe Ollie is back in town. Are you interested in going to see him? Yeah, absolutely. Sure am. Yeah, especially if he's locked in prison right now. You yeah. Want, maybe want to go check on what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, uh, you know, he's not somebody I would want to be in prison. Okay, so in, in fact, if you got a little bit of extra money, you might be able to bail him out. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So you say it's about a six-hour travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure uh, Jer, your owner, boss person is willing to give you some time off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been working for him for a long time, yeah. and I'm a pretty good cook, mm-hmm. you know. I do a little oh. bit of everything, so... Tell you what, he has an order that he needs you to bring to the Formidably Made oh. in Port Peril. Yeah, yeah, that's so perfect. if you bring this order of bread to the Formidably Made for him, it'll be a business trip. Okay. Rather than just for pure pleasure. Yeah, sure. So you uh, pack up the bread. Let's say, do you think he has a donkey? Jer? Yeah. I would assume so. I mean, we yeah. deliver bread sure. all over the hamlet and into, you know, yeah. Pirate's Peril. Okay. So you load Port up, Peril. Port Peril, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you load up the donkey, and you head into Port Peril. Yeah. It's a six-hour travel, so uh, you may even wait till the next morning so you can leave bright and early so you can get into town, say, around 8, 9 a.m. Sure. But if anyone asks, it's not to go see Joe. Right, right. You're going to deliver I'm some I'm going bread. to deliver some bread. That makes complete sense, and nobody even begins to question. This happens on the regular. Yeah, that, it's a pretty, I would say, probably monthly thing. At I take, take yeah. bread into town mm-hmm. and sell it throughout extra cash for Jair. You make your way into town. Uh, which one do you want to go to first? Do you want to go to the bar first, or do you want to go to the prison first? I would probably go ahead and go to the prison first. I, I'm more interested in why yeah, Joe's in prison exactly. than why you okay. know than delivering the bread. You make your way to the prison. It's down near the docks. It's not exactly well guarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even if it was, it's just putting people's lives at risk that really don't need to be. So if somebody wants to break them out, they can. But sure. Joe's still there. You're able to walk in. The one guard at the front just kind of looks up, barely looks up at you, and just shrugs his shoulders. And and there's like a line of cells down the middle uh, with an aisle in between that you can go into. And um, let's go ahead and say that uh, Joe Ollie is in the first one on the right. Okay. So, yeah, I'll just walk up and, Joe, Joe, is that you? And he just, I mean, it's early in the morning. So he's barely, he just like rolls out of bed shakes his head and kind of gets the sleep out of his eyes, kind of squints at you and goes, who? Joe? That's me. Yeah. It's, it's been a long time. Uh, surely you, you recognize me. And he kind of like squints a little bit again. He's probably got a hangover from, from a 10 month hangover that he's trying to recover from at this point. And he just looks at you and goes, no, no, I don't remember you at all. That, that, that's crushing. I, you, you saved my life. You're my hero. I saved your life, and he's just dumbfounded because he doesn't save lives. He takes lives. Yeah, Joe, I, I just can't believe you don't remember me, Joe. I, I took your name because I looked up to you so highly. I mean, I, I've been calling myself John Ollie for all these years. John, John Ollie, and it had a little small spark happens in his eyes, and he recognizes, he's like, wait, you're that kid? I, yeah, I'm that kid, uh, the the one that you saved. So you made it. I made it. I made it all the way here, and I'm, ever since I've been trying to you know look out for you, but uh, this is the first I've heard of you being back in town. Yeah, I don't think I've been in Port Peril in almost six years yeah, now. Well, what landed you here? Well, uh, Kurdak has called a meeting of the Pirate Council. I'm here with some information that he really needs to have. Apparently he doesn't want to hear it, so here I am in debtor's prison for a mere 10 gold. Well, what do I need to do to get you out? Oh, I'm going to get out. It's already been paid. They just are going to keep me locked up until the Pirate Council finishes meeting. How badly do you want to be at that Pirate's Council? Pretty badly. What do we need to do? I don't think there's anything you can do. If you break me out of here, it puts your life at risk, and I've already saved you once. I don't want to save you twice. Well, tell you what, tell you what, come back tomorrow morning about the same time. They're going to let me out. I will tell you everything in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything for you, Joe. I appreciate it, John. I'm glad you're safe. See you in the morning? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's right. great to see you again. Thank you. And he just like goes, stumbles back to the bed and passes out. 
Is there anywhere else in Port Peril that you would be interested in going to before you go to the bar? Um, I would probably, I'm assuming at this point, I, I probably don't have a whole lot of equipment, so I'm going to go and probably stock up on things, because my idea is that I'm going to go with Joe. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I, I probably haven't mentioned it to him yet, because <laughs> I'm just you know fried ecstatic that he's actually there, but he may or may not know it, I'm going with Joe. But you're going to get on yeah, his he ship He wouldn't let morning. me go with him last time, right. I'm going this time. Okay. There's no choice here. Gotcha, so you, you're doing your shopping trip, I think you probably have all that written down your character sheet already. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, awesome. I'd, I'd probably go out and I'd buy the big puffy pirate yeah. hat with a feather in it, and I'd, <laughs> I've got the, the scarf, and you know, I awesome. buy the things that I think pirates would probably wear, even though I have no clue what pirates would you're actually right. wear. Right, right, so you have have the generic pirate yes. look going on. The yep. big fat. Oh man, we're gonna go over what that looks like at a later date. Okay, I'm excited about this. All right, so you make your way to the formidably made, and it's probably by the time you get done with your uh, shopping trip. Let's say it's uh, about three in the afternoon. Uh, it took you a while to hit all the different shops and get things tailored and suited exactly the way you wanted. You got you have all of it on you right now, yeah. ready to go. You walk up to the bar. There is a lithe figure walking into the bar, and the door shuts behind him. Okay. To the left of the door is a blind gnome set up with, uh, there's two barrels to the left and right. A plank runs across the middle of it, and there are three cards, mostly bent, sitting on the plank in front of him. Okay. And he has got a small little patter going on. He goes, and he's uh, something to the effect of, uh, come on up, step right up. Spend a silver, make a gold. Spend a silver, make a gold. I can make your dreams come true. Just step right up, play with the gnome. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming I've already delivered the bread. Uh, you actually haven't yet. Okay. It's still on you. So there you've got to pay me for the bread. Sure. So I'm going to deliver the bread and okay. then take the money, and my immediate thought is I can make Jerry some extra cash. Ah, you're a gambler, are you? Well, you know, Jerry doesn't let me out much, and they don't yeah. gamble in uh, the hamlet, so... Sure. Okay, so you walk around back to the servant's entrance. Yeah. You knock on the door. They pay you. You get the money. You deliver the bread. You've got maybe a couple gold on you. Sure. Uh, all in silver pieces. Yeah. So it's like, what is that, 20 silver pieces? No, probably 20, 30 silver pieces. Yeah, so you walk back around to the front, and the gnome is still there, and he's just like staring off because he's blind. He can't see a thing, but he's staring off into the distance, and he's just shuffling the cards back and forth. Find the queen. Find the queen. Turn silver into a gold. Turn so silver into a gold. Do I know that he's blind because he's wearing like a bandana? Oh, or he's got, uh, he's got the classic sunglasses on okay like, i don't know what they would look like in uh in the fantasy world but they're dark sunglasses was, over his uh, eyes i'm assuming there's not like a billboard that just says blind gnome and nope. points down or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but he's got that blind look where they just kind of like stare up and into the distance okay and he's just letting his hands do all the work on the cards sure i'll sit down hey little gnome i'll play he goes, excellent, 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 big man. Put a silver down, I'll let you turn it into a gold. All you gotta do is find the queen, find yeah. the queen. Let's do it. I'll All put right. one silver piece down. down. As soon as you put it down, he grabs it and puts it in his pocket. He takes out a gold piece, puts it on the table. Okay. If you can find the queen, you can have the gold. And he shuffles the cards. Okay. And uh, give me a perception check. So I rolled a 13 uh, plus my perception. I don't didn't take perception, so I rolled a 13. Okay. Uh, so... As he's shuffling the cards, you do notice he has made a move. Okay, so it's something like slide a hand kind of thing? Yep. Or you're actually, you're able to follow exactly where the queen lands. And you see that it lands on his left hand. Okay. So he goes, just tell me which card is the queen, and the money is yours. Uh, left hand. Left hand, and boom, it's the queen. He's like, excellent choice, excellent choice. You, sir, have got an eye that is extremely sharp. And I tell you what. Give me a chance to win that gold back. I'll let you turn it into five. And he takes out five gold pieces and puts them on the table. Only if you'll let me shuffle the deck. You want to shuffle? Yeah. Well, sure. And he hands you the three cards. Just the three cards, it's not just, the whole it's, deck? It's just three cards that are up that are there. That's all it is. It's three card money. So it's just three oh, cards. Okay. Shuffling so there's just three cards. You shuffle yep. them back and forth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so you shuffle the three cards. I check to make sure that there's a queen. Yeah, there's a queen in there. There's a queen. Yep. Okay. So I'll shuffle so all three cards. Shuffle the three cards and you hand them back to him. Mm -hmm. And he does the same thing. He just takes them. And he shows shows you the queen, flips it over, and then does a quick shuffle with the cards of his own as well. And boom, it's like three-card money. Okay. Three-card money. Find the queen, find the queen, find the queen. And this time, his hands are moving a little bit faster. All right. Twelve. Twelve is your total? Yeah. This time, you, you kind of lose where the queen is. You don't see any funny business. It looks like he just did the, a pure shuffle. Okay. Uh, so it's a straight up guess on where is the queen. So he just he gets finished shuffling, and goes and where's the queen, good sir? Uh, we'll choose the middle. The middle, and he flips it over. It's the king of spades. King of spades was mm -hmm. the king of spades there previously? Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. I mean, it's one of the ones that you saw before. 
Okay. Yep. So he immediately pushes all three cards together and begins shuffling them again. The five gold disappears. Tell you what, I'll give you one more chance. Silver piece, turn it into a gold. How about ten silver pieces, and you'll turn it into ten gold? And he says, deal. Put the ten silver down. Put it down on the, to the table. So he makes that ten silver pieces uh, disappear, puts out ten gold pieces on the plank, and he says, find the queen, find the queen, find the queen. <laughs> Rolled a yeah. seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's no chance, man. It looks like, I mean, his, his hands are a blur at this point. But you see no funny business, but you completely lose where the queen is. <laughs> And you were positive that you're getting taked this time, but you have no proof. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm, if I'm positive, there's no need to roll like a sense motive or anything like that. You can try. Yeah. I mean, a sense motive, you know he's trying to cheat you. I mean, he's, yeah. it's three card money. Of course. Yeah, he's he, trying to cheat knows me. that game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you but know. you have no proof. I mean, his right. hands were perfect this time. Hmm. And there's really nothing I can do to roll against that, is there? No. That was your roll, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well... I can just pick up the one on the right. One on the right. And it's the king of spades again. Oh, nice. Imagine that. Well, and he immediately pushes all three cards to center, makes the 10 gold disappear, and says, you want to try one more time? I smell more silver on your purse. Absolutely do I want to try one more time. <laughs> it's not and, my money, right? You're right. right. I'm planning and, on leaving with the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be great to have a little bit extra gold yeah. on your way on the pirates. I could buy right? some more pirate hats. You could. And so he, you put 10 more silver pieces out. Actually, you just want to go ahead and make it the full 20 this time? Everything. everything I'll tell you what, if I'll put everything down I've got right now, you give me everything I've lost, so, plus some. He says, that's a deal. And he just puts, what it, What have you lost so far? 11 like, silver pieces? Yeah. And he puts in, you put 20 silver pieces up. Mm-hmm. So he puts up the 11 silver and puts another 20 gold on the deck. Oh, right this is great. And he just... It's I love the I love the idea of what everyone else is watching because everyone else has probably watched this gnome like cheat oh, yeah. everybody all yeah, day yeah. long. Yeah. So uh, they're actually you are drawing you with twenty silver pieces down for the blind gnome. Uh, there is a small crowd that is starting to gather around you and they're rooting for you, man. Yeah. Clap on, crowd. Clap so, uh, on. Tell you what, add two to your perception roll this time. Okay. Uh, and they'll because they're trying to assist you. Sure. Okay. Sure. Twenty. Uh, can you beat a twenty nine? No. Excellent. That was his roll. Oh, my God. His slide of hand (laughs) roll, and he's just going, and it's it's even faster than before. It is the fastest gnome hands you have ever seen shuffling three-card money. And he goes, choose. Find the queen. Win all the gold. Can I roll a slide of hand to maybe let a queen fall out of my sleeve and pick up a fake queen and slip it? Do you have slide of hand? Uh, Yeah. Do you have a deck of cards that you can fake? Sure. I like that. That is a good answer. So yeah, roll it. And he's going to roll his perception. Ooh, 26. On your side of hand? Yeah. Wow. All right. So <laughs> just as you try to do it, and you're doing this to a blind gnome. Yeah, exactly. So this should be pretty easy, right? You would think so. Uh, now, but the thing is, is I've got a whole crowd of people that's watching mm-hmm. as well. So, sure. so But I think that they may be on my side. They are on your side. So if you're cheating the blind gnome... They're okay with it. At this and point. I whisper, I'll split it with everyone. Yeah. And, they go, like, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, as soon as you reach your hand out, he grabs it. Oh, can I just punch him in the face and run? <laughs> <laughs> uh, only if you run into the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> uh, so he grabs your hand. He goes, son. And he, he's looking at you dead in the eyes. You're not blind, are you? I am not. And you're not going to take my money. Well, then you're not going to take mine. And he flips over all three cards. And the queen is on the left. Nice. Fair? Fair. And he just scoops all the money, makes it disappear back into his pockets, and he goes, Sir, I hope to play you again someday. Me too, little nerd. Anybody else? Anybody else? Three card money. Find the queen, turn silver into gold, and he just dismisses you almost immediately. (sighs) The gnome's got me again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Silly, silly gnomes. Silly gnomes. (laughs) He is really happy with the way you handled that, so he hands you five silver pieces. He says, go on in and buy yourself a drink. I buy myself a drink, and I buy him a drink. Fair enough. So you uh, put your hand on the knob, you open the door, and we're going to fade to black right there. Awesome. Today we are introducing Sebastian, who is played by Chad. Hello, Chad. Hello, Wes. What can you tell us about Chad? Uh, well, my name is Chad Hughes. I Professionally, I'm a network administrator. On the side, I play role-playing games, video games, and I am a hobby blacksmith. A blacksmith. How long have you been doing blacksmithing? Uh, about a year. So you're getting pretty good? 
I wouldn't go that far. I don't have as near <laughs> as much time to practice as I would like. Got some neat. You got some uh, nifty knives cut out. Working on it. Uh, how long have you been playing role playing games? Uh, I started sitting on my brother's games when I was four. So if you count that, thirty three years. Holy smokes, thirty three years. So you've been playing for a while. A while. Feel like you're pretty experienced here and there. Uh, so what can you tell us about Sebastian? Uh, Sebastian Theodosif Serban. I didn't understand any of that. Holy smokes! Say that one more time. Sebastian Theodosif Serban, Verizian tattooed sorcerer and man of mystery. Sorcerer. All right. Tattooed sorcerer even. Where, how does the tattoo sorcerer differ from just a normal everyday sorcerer? Uh, the Verizian tattooed sorcerer is something from the magical uh, traditions of the Verizian people. Essentially, I can draw upon mystic tattoos to empower my spells or cast spells from them or summon a familiar from my tattoos. Wait, so you can summon your familiar from... Wait, so you're a sorcerer. I am indeed a sorcerer. And you have a familiar. I do indeed. And the familiar is a tattoo. I have a large tattoo of a white snowshoe hair on my right arm. That is so cool. That may or may not move from time to time when you're not looking. That is so cool. (laughs) Uh, So you don't really have to worry about losing your familiar or getting them killed because they are on you the whole time. What familiar? I have no idea what you're talking about. I love it. That is a lot of fun. That's really cool. All right, so where is Sebastian from? You said Varizia. Uh, Sebastian was originally born in a Varizian caravan near Ustalav. Traveled with his family until he was roughly 16, at which point, for reasons he will not discuss, he was exiled from his clan and has been wandering on his own for the past four years. So he is 20 years old. So is there anything else that's really cool about the tattooed sorcerer that you'd like to share? Nope. I think we'll let that... Come out in play. <laughs> All right. So uh, the cool things will come out later. But I mean, the idea of a familiar tattooed on you, that's just awesome. I it's very it. stylish. So we're going to do a quick role-playing session to introduce your character and kind of see what way, what direction you're taking, what decisions you uh, typically like to make. And if I remember right, Sebastian is also a professional gambler. He is indeed. So he likes to gamble. He enjoys gambling, but more than that, it's a way to survive. Right, so it's kind of like how he makes his money so he can eat and that sort of thing. Indeed. And maybe find some trouble along the way. Oh, absolutely. Of course. So we are going to open up the scene in a smoky bar. The smoke is actually coming from the end of a cigar held by a very bored-looking bartender. It's a very empty-looking bar. As we zoom out, we see there are only three tables, and there are actually just crates for chairs in this bar. It is Cheap. Exactly my sort of place. Exactly. And you see a pair of men sitting at one of the tables, intent on a set of cards that are in front of them, and then some. I'm sure there's some uh, gold and silver pieces lying about. Uh, as we focus in, we see uh, one of the men, it's a dirty old man, with uh, one large gold earring, and he's wearing an orange and white checkered headscarf. Uh, he's got a scar that runs down the center of his face, right down the center of his nose going up through his forehead. And the other man looks like... Sebastian is short, about 5'7", dark olive skin, black hair. His eyes are copper-colored with gold flecks. He's wearing a pale blue pantaloons, a bright red shirt with an orange sash, and black leather boots. From the edge of his right sleeve, you can see the white hair tattoo peeking out, and from just around his collar, there are what appear to be shifting runes tattooed around his neck. Oh, so the runes are actually shifting as you watch? Indeed. Oh, that's fun. And as uh, as the two of you are wrapping up a hand, uh, the door opens up, and in walks a dwarf with long, full black beard, but it does have a few gray spots in it. Uh, he looks around. Eventually, he makes his way over to the bar, just leans up by the bar. The bartender makes his way over slowly and serves him, and they deal with that. You will get back to to your game. So you are a professional gambler. So we're actually going to be doing a lot of gambling as we play. Of course. There are some cool rules that we found on Paizo, uh, from Paizo, that uh, let you basically sum up an entire session of gambling with just a couple of quick rolls. The way it works, it'll be basically charisma versus charisma, unless you have the professional gambler skill. Which I do. And then you'll add that instead of your charisma. And that it's just a straight-up versus check, especially in this particular instance, since you're playing a 1v1 game, and we're going to actually play a couple of hands. Indeed. Uh, it's just going to be a straight-up versus check. Since you have per- ranked in Profession Gambler, you get to use that. The guy you're playing is some dumb loaf off the street that you have found and conned into playing this game, and he has like probably a negative one to charisma. So this is exactly the sort of person I love to play. I figured it would be. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. 
Uh, you're playing, we'll call it poker. Uh, we'll just say it's Texas Hold'em because that's the one I'm most familiar with. So you're playing a hand and we're going to just do a straight up roll. Is there any sort of uh, patter that you like to do? Uh, it depends on the opponent. In this particular person's case, come friend, I know you've had a few bad hands, but fortune will smile on you this time. I am certain of it. You can take home many times your salary to your, to your friends and family. Buy everyone drinks. He just glares at you. Are you playing? Are you singing? I've been playing this whole night. Come, let us play then. All right, so let's make an opposed roll. Uh, I rolled a three. I rolled a 17. All right, so that particular hand, you rake in all the different silver and gold pieces on the table, and he just glares at you. He's like, you're cheating. I know you're cheating. Fortune smiles on us all from time to time, my friend. I have no reason to cheat. Shut up and deal. Very well. And you deal. I deal. And let's, uh, let's roll it again. And he gets a two this time. I get a 10. He is absolutely terrible at this game, and he doesn't know it yet. You, so you win that hand, too. We'll say it's like another 20 or 30 silver pieces that you rake in and pull in from the guy. And he's like, basically, this is uh, probably a month's pay for him that he's lost at this point. And he's got another month's pay sitting in front of him. He's just like, I have got to win this back, or my family, my wife will murder me. And he, I'm not joking. This has happened too often. I've got to win it back. I, I will be more than happy to give you another chance, my friend, but I guarantee nothing. Eh? Yeah, fair, fair, fair. And about that time, a beautiful waitress walks up to you. You haven't seen her yet. She just almost appears out of nowhere. There's a board bartender. There are three tables, but a gorgeous waitress walks up and offers uh, to get you some drinks. I will buy a drink for my friend here. He's had a rough evening. Whatever, whatever drink you are, uh, you are most fond of. Mm, I'll take whatever you're drinking. Uh, if you happen to have it, bring us a, a, a liquid ghost ale, I believe is the, the, name, is the name of the drink. Oh, honey, we've got that in plenty back there. I'll be right back with your drinks. And she just turns around and walks away, and she's going to come back with your drinks in a little while. Let's play another hand. You ready for this? <laughs> he just course. glares at you, and he's like, I got you this time, big boy. And this time he rolls another three. Sebastian will actually deliberately lose this hand. Okay. Just enough to let him win back a few silver to keep him going. All right, give me, uh, give me a professional roller, beat a DC 10 check in order to actually lose the game. 15. All right, so you make it. So you're able to actually lose the hand to him on purpose. He's like, I knew it. I knew my luck would change. There it is. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. About the time that you're getting ready for the next hand to deal out. The waitress returns with your drinks and gives you a big old wink. She seems very inclined, if you will. I will, of course, give her the winning smile as well. Of course you will. Uh, and you play one more hand. Come, my friend. You sh- sure you can, you can beat me again. Fortune is smiling on you. Yes, this time he rolls an eight. I also roll an eight. Oh, so uh, you play to a draw on this one. Uh, you finally get to the end. You both hold a pair of twos. He's like, oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's better than losing. Let's play one more hand. If you insist. He rolls a six. I roll a 12. A 12. So you beat him quite handily this time. This is where two things are going to happen. He finally slams a dirk into the table. Slams it into the table as hard as he can and accuses you of cheating at the top of his lungs. He says, I know you are. You're a dirty cheat. You're a dirty rascal. No good. Very bad cheat. And you're still... Stealing my money from me. Give me my money back, you cheat. You have lost your money fair and square, my friend. You even won a few hands. How am I cheating you? And in the middle of your your reply back to him, the door slams open. And a brute of a man exclaims, Murray, you quit making eyes at that man. You you stay still so I can beat you into tomorrow. And he's staring directly at you. Sebastian will jump to his feet. Now, now, come, come, friend. I I have had no truck with your woman. Yeah. I would never do such a thing. Mm-hmm. And I am quietly gathering the money off of the table right. into my pouch as I am saying this <laughs> and waving my other hand around to keep their attention. Right. While also quietly preparing a spell. Okay, so the whole pattern that you're giving is preparing a spell, and uh, the man pulls the dirk out of the table and is probably going to try and stab you with it soon. The man at the door then pulls out a rusty, nasty-looking short sword <sighs> and tries to do some fancy tricks with it, but he's not a wielder of a sword. You can tell that from the very beginning. Uh, so roll initiative. <laughs> he's lucky that uh, Sebastian is, is quick, shall you say? Yes. Uh, that would be a 24, my friend. A 20, I'm sorry, say that one more time. That would be a 24. Two, okay. four. All righty. You've got quite the initiative check, don't you? 
quite. You will get the option to go first. The dwarf at the bar stands up, and he just looks at what's happening around the bar. He just looks at you and says, Hey, if you need help, I got a way out the back. You can go. Uh, that would probably be a good idea. I will move towards him. Mm-hmm. Are the How close are the man at the door and the guy I was gambling to each other? Uh, we'll say they're 20 feet apart. It's not a very big bar. I will uh, simply move towards the bartender and his exit at all speed while keeping an eye on them. There's no attack of opportunity because of the space in between everybody. So you move. How how fast, how far can you move in one round? Uh, standard move action would be 30 feet. 30 feet. So you can easily move 60 feet. That'll get you out of the door. And the, I will toss the bartender a gold piece sure. <laughs> on the way by. And, and he's still <laughs> sitting there with half eyes, half shut. Just with a cigar, he—I mean—but he snatches the gold piece out of the air like no, like he's not even trying. Of course. Just, and then he just thanks, man. And you're out the door. Okay. Uh, you hear them screaming and cursing, and they're moving directly behind you. Uh, but the bartender is appreciative of your gold piece, and a cask happens to fall in their way, <laughs> stopping them a good thirty feet short. Excellent. I will. Sebastian will sprint down the street and find the nearest crowd of people to lose as much of his colorful sure. self in as possible. Okay. And uh, the dwarf is actually pulling you in a direction. He says, "Follow me this way." Very well. Lead on, my friend. You know what? I like what you did back there. Let me buy you a drink. Uh, uh, why not? I've got a place you can go. Just follow me this direction. Very well. Lead on, my friend. And he brings you off to uh, almost the opposite end of Port Peril. I mean, you hear the guy screaming, and there's a couple of uh, crowd screams back behind you. But uh, as fast as you can move, and with the help from the bartender, you're clearly out of way long before they even get a chance at you. Leaving that bit of trouble far behind. <laughs> Just that bit. I will find more. Do I have sure no worries. Will. The dwarf, as he's dragging you, says, Hey, my name's Tam. Most people just call me Narwhal. Well, excellent to meet you, Narwhal. I'm it's just Sebastian. I hear you like that ghost ale? Yeah, it's, it's quite flavorful, yes. No place where we can get quite a bit. Formidably made. You want to head over that direction? Lead on, my friend. I can always use another drink and another game. Fine, fine. I'm not a gambling man. I know better than to gamble with men like you. Very wise. Just let me buy you a drink, and I'll watch what you do in the bar. Indeed. And you make your way to the Formidably Made. And about the time that you pull up, uh, you see what looks to be a half-elf going in. The door shuts behind him. There's a small crowd gathered around uh, what appears to be a blind gnome. You see him staring off in the distance, and he's just shuffling cards. And you know what it is. You're uh, a professional. It's three-card money. And he's just... And he's got a little bit of a patter going on. It's like, silver into gold, silver into gold. Find the queen, you can tell your turn your silver into gold. Hey, I see a man over there. You look like you could uh, you can handle yourself. Do you want to turn your silver into a gold? As much as I appreciate uh, the skills of another professional, I, I think not. I have a drink calling my name on the inside, my friend. Fair enough. And about that time, uh, you see the half-elf comes back out, and he's carrying uh, a simple ale, puts it down in front of the gnome, nods at him, and walks back in. <laughs> and uh, before the door shuts, Tam grabs you by the arm, pulls you into the bar. And about that time, we're going to fade to black, and we'll pick up there next time. <laughs> <laughs>